turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. Here we go. It's a Thursday. The Senate finally got their work done. They were able to uh, get the, some people call it a stimulus package. I don't call it a stimulus. The rescue package uh, went through uh, yesterday. We'll talk about that. J.R. Davis joins us. Hey, J.R., how are you this morning? I'm doing well, Dave. How are you doing, buddy? I'm I'm doing all right. Have you been uh, keeping yourself distanced from everybody? I have, for the most part. Yeah, we've, uh, you know, there hasn't been a whole lot going on uh, to miss out on. So that's the that's the good news about this social distancing. So I guess, I guess I'm uh, I'm I'm getting a little bit stir crazy to to be honest because the missus won't even let me get out of the house and go to Walmart <laughs> with her. She she well, has forced me just to be right here in the house. That's where I get to go. Yeah, well, she's making sure you're taken care of, so that's, yeah. that's you know you got somebody in your life to make sure that's the case. So that's good. I got it. Well, now I know what my dad felt like with my mom. My dad had really <laughs> terrible. He had terrible heart disease, and she was always, always, always watching over him. Drove him nuts. It's driving me crazy, kind of. But that's okay. It's it's like you said. It's nice to know that somebody really, really does care about uh, about your health and and about your well being. So that's a good thing. How's your wife doing? Has she been trying to kick you out of the house yet? Saying get no, out there. Absolutely. You know, it's funny. It's it's basically what you said. I mean, I, I'm 34 years old. We'll be 35 in October. Uh, so not necessarily in that uh, age group for those right. most at risk, but I do have a uh, like a an immune um, deficiency. And so my wife is a lot like yours, where she's like, "I'll run the errands. You don't need to get out. You stay here." Uh, and so. It's been really nice, except now I'm getting the same way you are. Very stir-crazy, little cat of fever. <laughs> uh, I'm ready for things to get back to normal, but we'll see how that goes. Yeah, we'll see how that goes. What do you think the president says he'd like to get everything started back up around Easter? There seems to be like a third of them out there that say, eh, I doubt that's going to happen. And there's a third that say, yeah, it's going to happen. And then there's the ones in the middle who say, you know what, we'll probably be able to get there, but let's wait and see. Well, I mean, I think a couple of things off the bat, we just, you know, the, the Senate and we expect the House later today to, to you know, uh, affirm the $2 trillion stimulus package. And I think if, if we're talking $2 trillion, just, you know, to me, uh, Easter weekend seems a little too premature, um, you know, in order to get something in there and let it work and that sort of thing. I mean, you're just talking about the magnitude of $2 trillion, Um 
that's one. The other is, you know, look, what we're seeing, I still don't know that we know exactly what we're dealing with yet. And I don't know that we have a much more of a clearer picture than when you and I spoke last uh, of sort of the global pandemic. You know, we're hearing what China is saying, but obviously can we trust what China is saying and what they're reporting, saying that they're not getting any more cases in the uh, Wuhan area where this broke out. And so, you know, can we, can we trust that? Then you look at Italy and they have skyrocketed in their death uh, toll from somewhere around uh, 3,500 just a few days ago to 7,500 now. You've got Spain at 3,400. Uh, the United States is starting to tick up there, especially in the New York area. We had our first two deaths here in Arkansas. So I still feel like, and that's not in any way to like freak people out by any means. It's just, I still think we're sort of, uh, you know, somewhere in the beginning stages. I don't think we've, we've kind of hit the crest yet. Uh, I think that we're still on that upward trajectory. So, um, look, I would love for the economy to get uh, raring uh, again and uh, get things in place and get back to where we were before all this took place. But, um, you know, we'll just have to wait and see. Again, I'm for it. i just not sure that might be a little bit more wishful thinking, which I certainly yeah. understand why. Yeah, so. I, I, I agree with you there. Hey, what do you think about China? The the way the, the world is viewing China now is different than it was uh, pre-coronavirus, to say the least. I heard that the number one uh, video rental or D, you know DVD red box rental is Breakfast at Bernie's. Uh, so you know I'm, I, <laughs> you know they're pretending yeah. like everybody's still well, yeah. but I think they just got like a dead person on their shoulder walking them around with them. Oh yeah, and and that's and that's exactly. I mean, look. For anyone to think that what China, for anyone to think that China is not being disingenuous with these figures, uh, hasn't been paying attention. Uh, China has, you know, we, we talk about the United States and our economy here, and 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 the you know hopes that somehow we could get uh, rolling again by Easter. Uh, China is in worse shape than the United States as far as their economy goes. They have to get things moving again. Have to. Have to. Have to. And. It's also a way to save face for the Chinese. This all yep. started as the you know Chinese coronavirus, uh, the Wuhan flu, and their way to save face is to show the rest of the world, hey, look how we're dealing with it. And look, there are some ways I, I think uh, that you know I think probably some of the more draconian steps that uh, the Chinese took after this to kind of shut things down probably did help. But again, statistically, anything that they put out. Uh, you know, through their communist government news feed, I'm not sure any of us can really um, uh, put too much stock in. And the fact that, look, you know, we always talk about the World Health Organization and, uh, you know, in some ways the joke that it is, especially the way it deals with China. Uh, China gave false information yes, to the who when all this started. So, yep. again, the track record is I don't feel like I can really trust what – information is coming out of China. I think we have to really start gauging what we're seeing in Europe, uh, what we're seeing in New York as it spreads uh, across the rest of the country. And, you know, what's happening in Latin America, you still have uh, the, the presidents of, uh, of Mexico. Uh, and, and I believe it's uh, uh, presidents of Mexico. And I believe Brazil, possibly, they're still looking at this as sort of a joke. Uh, yes, while the rest of Latin America has completely shut down 
um, you know, their borders, uh, businesses, all sorts of things. So, I, you know, I say all that to say, when you look at the big picture and you've still got people out there that are saying this is a hoax and a joke and this doesn't really mean anything, uh, that to me is sort of an indication that we're still on the front of this. Uh, and so we'll just have to, to wait and see. But, yeah, the worldview of China has gotten much worse throughout this. I don't think that they have much credibility left. And, and so they can tell people as much as they want about what they've done in the Wuhan area. Uh, but I don't think anyone's really buying that right now. Well, Secretary of State Pompeo made it very clear yesterday that uh, there had to be serious repercussions from the way that the Chinese uh, worked this from the very beginning. I'm just wondering, what do the other G7 nations do uh, to China to punish them? I mean, number one, they're saying that when they finally get things back together and can get their economy somewhat going, they're looking for a, a, a a drop of about 50% in their GDP. That's huge. That is a monstrous uh, drop in GDP. Oh, absolutely. And and look, that goes back to, you know, the governor, I mean, the, uh, the president's sort of, you know, uh, appropriately so, but wishful thinking about getting the economy back rolling. I think that there has to be an absolute investigation into this whole coronavirus uh, uh, pandemic, the uh, sort of the ground zero, where this started, why it started, and how it started. Uh, I don't know, obviously, uh, how cooperative uh, the Chinese government will be. But to your point, Dave, this is essentially a form of of terrorism, uh, global yep. terrorism, that you have this virus that starts you don't share, and regardless of look of all the the, the theories of of how this got into the public sphere, how it started spreading. Regardless of all that, we know facts. The facts are, Chinese officials uh, 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 misled the World Health Organization, provided them um, uh, you know misinformation, the wrong data to begin with, which put the world behind in our response this virus. So that's what I mean when you say this could be looked at and should be looked at as, you know, a global terrorist act that has affected all of the countries of the world and their economies. Uh, and, and as you mentioned before, I mean, these are uh, countries are going to take uh, unprecedented hits to their economy because, look, this isn't like the Great Recession. Uh, this isn't like the Great Depression. I mean, this is literally saying we are shutting down the economy forcefully and there's nothing else we can do. Yep. And, and weirdly enough, when you look at the economies of the world and here in the United States, we're always looking for why are we in a recession? Why is the economy tanked? In this way, we know exactly why, because we're yep. basically pushing the button to stop it. Uh, and that is something that has been caused by China directly. And so that's something that we have to look at. I'm sure our, our officials will look at it. I would hope that the G7 uh, countries will look at it as well. But, uh, you know, we saw that, you know, they reject the U.S. call for uh, us to label this the Wuhan virus. Um, and so, you know, still probably a bit sensitive to some of that stuff. But again, I hope these officials take a closer look at this uh, and that we kind of get to the bottom of this and that, repercussions and sanctions 
uh, on China or something that are at least discussed after all this is done. All right. We need to get our first break in, get our first traffic and weather out to everybody. J.R. Davis is our guest. He's with the Gilmore Group, and uh, he'll be with us for the hour. We had a lot of stuff to talk about. Uh, you know, you were talking about what China did was like an act of terrorism. There's people who are doing stupid stuff out there, like walking around a, a big box store and licking items in the store. And uh, some woman ran into a grocery store and started coughing over the produce. And it cost the store $35,000 to get rid of the produce and, and uh, clean the store and things of that nature. Those people have been uh, charged with terroristic threatening. We'll talk about that when we come back. So if you're thinking about doing something stupid, uh, think twice before you do it, because it, it, they're not going to uh, to handle you the same way they've handled you in the past. 18 minutes after 6 here on the Dave Ellswick Show, uh, we'll be back with you uh, with more. It's going to be a high of 84 today with partly sunny skies. Right now it's 49 degrees in Little Rock. I'll tell you what it is around the area as well when we return here on 101.1 FM the answer six hot springs 55 and the hot spot right now in arkansas is up in uh, fayetteville it is 65 degrees in fayetteville right now so uh, you're looking for partly sunny skies today and a high of 84 uh warm tomorrow periods of sun high of 81 and then saturday a really heavy afternoon thunderstorm could be severe but a high of 72 degrees so definitely getting into springtime. J.R. Davis is uh, my guest, as he is on most uh, Thursday mornings early. And, uh, J.R., let's talk a little bit about the Democrats. Uh, Nancy Pelosi and uh, Chuck Schumer, the uh, minority leader in the Senate, the Speaker of the House, uh, of course, Pelosi, how do they? how can they even think that they have gained followers with the way that they've handled, you know, the, the, the recovery bill that's been going through the Senate? Well, I, again, I, I used to word disingenuous when I was referring to the Chinese government. I think you can do the exact same thing when you refer to, to Pelosi and Schumer throughout this process. It's mind-boggling, quite frankly, that in a time where, you know, in an unprecedented time where where people are, I mean, freaking out. That's not an, un, you know, an uh, 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 you know, that's not a word that I'm, I'm using and just throwing around there. I mean, it's the truth. Dave, you know it. We've seen the stories. People are freaking out. They're worried about their loved ones, but more importantly, they're worried about the economy. Uh, what are they going to do for their job? The hospitality industry is decimated. Uh, you know, uh, the airline industry is on the brink of, you know, disaster. Uh, you go on, go on and on and on, and you've got Schumer and Pelosi trying to get this sweetheart deal of leftist agenda items uh, through a $2 trillion package uh, that do not matter uh, right now with what we're dealing with. And I thought Senator Tom Cotton outlined that perfectly uh, in his speech on the floor from the Senate earlier uh, this week, uh, where, you know, he basically just went through item after item that had literally uh, no connection to the current pandemic and crisis that we're facing as a country. Uh, but that's just the Democrats. They saw an opportunity uh, to get what they wanted passed uh, in a situation where we needed to act and move quickly. Uh, and I think people, uh, the American people, I think, 
uh, saw through that. I hope they saw through it, but I think they did. And I think we've seen the president's uh, numbers go up as far as how he's handling this crisis. I think uh, Americans see uh, the dysfunctional Democrats on Capitol Hill using this uh, opportunity to get what they want, not necessarily what the people of America need right now. Uh, it's really frustrating. Well, we've watched the uh, the Democrats. You know, uh, they they were supposedly were sitting down and working this through with the Republicans, right. quote in good faith. And then we get to the the first couple of votes on Monday. They shoot it, shoot everything down in flames. Let me play what uh, Chuck Schumer said just yesterday. This is the height of hypocrisy. Here's the minority leader over in the Senate. Overnight, after five days of negotiations, Senate Democrats, Senate Republicans, the White House have an agreement on a huge $2 trillion rescue package, which is really the longest, largest spending bill in U.S. history. Joining me now is Senate Minority Leader Chuck Schumer of New York. I know it was a late night or early morning for you, Senator Schumer. I also know that we're at a disadvantage. We don't know exactly what's in this bill. You do. So politics aside, what people want to know this morning, people who may be out of work, staying at home right now, not getting paid, what's in it for them? Your answer. Well, thank you. Just first, I want to give a thank you, a deep, heartfelt thank you to all the health care workers, doctors, nurses, everyone else who are on the front lines risking their lives for us. And to my staff, led by Jerry, uh, uh, Jerry Petrella and Megan Tyra, this, this bill wouldn't have happened. To the American people, we say big help, quick help is on the way because we face about the most unprecedented health crisis we have. Uh, the five pillars that we fought for to make the bill better, much better than the bill Friday, are all in the bill, and let me quickly explain them. First and foremost, a Marshall Plan for hospitals and health care, uh, nursing homes, community health centers, etc. These places desperately need help. They need ventilators. They need equipment. They need PPE all kinds of things. They need to build new beds. They have so much strain. There's $130 billion in for health care in our health care system to be injected right away to help with the shortage of ventilators, equipment, and other things, as well as what else they need. Second, this is worker-friendly, workers first. We didn't want to put corporations first. We thought the original bill did that too much. This is workers first, and let me explain that. So many people have been thrown out of work um, through no fault of their own. The restaurant closes, the small business closes. Now all of those people will be able to apply quickly and easily for unemployment insurance, and most of them will get their full salaries or very, very close to it. And they can be furloughed, which means uh, that they can stay on the payroll of the company they work for, keep the benefits that that company was giving them, and then when, God God willing, this horrible crisis is over, these businesses can reassemble because the employees will not have been scattered to the wind. Third, real help for state and local governments, $150 billion worth. Our state and local governments are hurting. Many of them are going broke. They need the help. Fourth, some real oversight and accountability, transparency of this large corporate corporate uh, lending facility. 
And the bottom line there is that we will know very shortly after any contract with the Fed or with the Treasury is signed with a company, any loan is made, we will have the full details of the loan document. It'll be published very, very shortly afterwards. Congress will get it. The public will get it. And and we have strong oversight. Elizabeth Warren helped me d- design those so that we have an inspector, a special inspector general to look over this, as well as a congressional board. Fourth, uh, help for small business. Small businesses have been desperate for help. I know the anguish of small business people who spent lot, years, years building up their business and boom, gone. They're going to get uh, very sure, uh, interest-free Let's loans. Let's get, ha- get back to the show here. You don't have to hear any more from Chucky. Everything that he said that the Democrats uh, fought for was already in that bill. It was Everything. there. Yeah. Everything. Yeah. It's just I mean, that, it's again, such crap. It's, it's unbelievable. The, I think the only thing that uh, was reported that was added to it was that fourth month of, of basically unemployment uh, you know, benefits uh, where they raised them to. But again, that wasn't even a stickler. The Republicans said that they would have accepted that, you know, during the post-culture debate. And so uh, I, I just it's frustrating when uh it's not even frustrating. It's just sad. It's just sad that the Democrats uh, took this opportunity when Americans are more concerned than they have been, I would argue, probably since 9-11. Uh, All right, JR. And, keep your thoughts, JR. Yeah. We'll come back. Got to get to the news. Let's do that right now here on 101. 25 minutes until 7 o'clock. It's uh, 49 degrees here in Little Rock. Conway reporting in at 51. Looking for a high today in uh, central Arkansas of about 84 degrees under partly sunny skies. J.R. Davis is our guest from the Gilmore Group. And uh, just wanted to remind you, we played Chuck Schumer just as we were leaving that last uh, half hour. Coming up in the next half hour, got a special guest. Corey Lewandowski will join us here on the Dave Ellswick Show. It should That should be a, a fun conversation with him. He'll not hold back, I'm sure, and uh, hear what he has to say. I'm going to ask him what he thinks about Schumer and Pelosi. Uh, as you listen to Schumer, though, uh, uh, J.R., as I, as I said as we went into the news, nothing that he said was an additional ad into that, except for, as you you mentioned, a extra month of unemployment. They went from three months to four months. And uh, what they're going to do for unemployment is unbelievable to me. They're literally going to give people uh, whatever it is that they were making at the time. It's not like 80% of what you were making. It is 100% of your pay weekly uh you know, during uh, this unemployment. I find that incredible in and of itself. And they knocked down a piece that would have made it that they were going to pay people that were out of work $24 an hour. Can you believe that one? $24 an hour. Yeah. That's what the Democrats wanted. Republicans said, and Lindsey Graham and, and Rand Paul and a few others said, uh, they like, their eyes got real big and it was like, are you people crazy? Yeah, it's the Democrats. They are crazy. I was about to say the answer to the question is is yes, especially those that are that are on the Hill uh, leading that party. And I, I, look, here's the thing that just uh, 
we you mentioned the twenty four dollars an hour. Uh, they they had it in there. They wanted to increase minimum wage by fifteen dollars an hour in the middle of a. Uh, crisis like this where people are out of work they just want their paycheck that they were currently getting they just want to pay their bills yeah the democrats are willing to take a fight a, a super controversial fight in any normal time right the, the the minimum wage fight has always been something that's uh very controversial very polarizing on both sides so they wanted to take an issue like that and sneak it through this two trillion dollar package in order to establish a a nationwide $15 an hour minimum wage. That's the kind of stuff. I mean, not to mention the fact that they were trying to uh, basically control who sits on what board of these uh, corporations as part of this uh, stimulus package that they were going to say, you have to have so many of, of, you know, females or of this uh, race, or you have, you know, so many of the employees, they get to, uh, identify and select certain members for the board. I mean, all these ridiculous things that don't mean anything right now uh, to help uh, your, your average American, the Democrats were focused on. And then when they realized that the president's numbers were going up, people were looking at his leadership more favorably uh, and, and, and realizing quickly that they weren't going to get what they were trying to get. Uh, they did this quick 180 and then, and then turned around and, and took credit for it. It, it really is uh, mind-boggling, uh, to say the least. Yeah, well, we've not been able to go through this with a fine-tooth comb. When we do, I'm sure we're going to find some things that we don't like. And that typically is what happens when you have something like this happen. Uh, you've got the Republicans that wanted to get the job done and start getting the money out to the people so the people sure. uh, didn't suffer any more than what they have been. And then you had the Democrats that were using the uh, the Rahm Emanuel uh, way of doing things where you have a crisis. Well, don't let that go to waste. Use it to try to get leverage. The problem was the American pe- uh, people, I think, were not having any of it. Uh, the numbers for the Democrats were falling off the cliff at the time, while the president's numbers were going up significantly. Uh, At this time, last numbers I saw, 60% of Americans thought what the president was doing was uh, a good job, uh, where only about 38% thought he wasn't, and even 27% of Democrats gave him good marks. That will get the Democrats... uh, you know, that's going to get their attention. Get their attention. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, at the end of the day, it uh, we kind of t- we've talked about this a lot where there seems to be misstep after misstep with Democrats. And then they had this one sort of kumbaya moment for about a week when everybody you know dropped out and backed Joe Biden and the impeachment stuff was over. And it yeah. sort of felt like they had finally turned a corner and were doing something worthwhile for their party. And then they go right back to this. And, you know, remember, Dave, Nancy Pelosi, uh, before the deal was reached in the Senate, said, we have to look through this. We need to review it and make sure this is coming from the same woman who said we must pass Obamacare in order to find out what's in it. Uh, This is from the same person who said we have to pass something and then we'll find out what's in it. Uh, She has been dragging her feet on this the entire time this entire process uh she's you're exactly right you know that Rahm Emanuel way of thinking uh, seize the moment 
uh, get what you can. She tried. She failed. Uh, and I think a lot of it is Nancy Pelosi. I think a lot of it, too, is managing uh, the uh, you know left-wing side of her party. And, Dave, think about this, just for perspective. If that's the case, just ima- and if, if there's that much pool in, in that caucus, uh, that's pretty incredible to think um, that the Democratic Party in the House of Representatives has been pushed so far to the left. I mean, that's just pretty good perspective, right? There, if that is the case. Yeah, I I agree with you. Uh, for people who want to do stupid stuff, you know, people want to pull pranks and things of that nature. Sometimes pulling a prank is the smartest thing when people are like on the edge of uh, of uh, you know going nuts. Because I'm and I'm I'm reading, you know, people who are friends of mine on Facebook that are really talking about how this is stressing them out completely, and uh, I, I can kind of understand it in a sense. I don't understand it in another sense. But there's people running around and licking items in, uh, you know, WalMarts and uh, people running in with hazmat suits on, saying, "Which way did he go? Which way did he go?" Trying to freak people out, and then the last story I saw today, uh, this woman who walked into a grocery store yesterday, I think in Pennsylvania, I forget where at exactly, and just started coughing all over the produce and everything, and she was arrested. They took her into custody. They're, they're giving her a mental a mental health evaluation right now, but that store had to throw away $35,000 worth of food and then turn around and completely... Uh, sanitize that part of the store, keep it away, keep people away from it, sanitize it before they could reopen it. It's like the guy that uh, was going around and licking the items. He went up in front of the judge. Judge put his butt in jail, rightly so. I think I see that as, you know, a terroristic threatening type thing. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And, I'm, and that's what we, you know, we we're talking about this at the beginning of the show. Uh, that's what this is, you know. This this whole entire thing. People need to. If you don't take it seriously, that that's fine. Then then do it in a way that doesn't affect other people. Yeah. Um, that's that's one thing. The other thing is you were talking about this earlier about China, uh, and there was an article in the paper today outlining sort of what Pompeo said to the G7 and his frustrations with China. This whole entire thing, I do believe that when it all comes down to it, when all this, when the dust settles and we're able to have like a proper investigation of what took place in the Wuhan area of China, this is going to come down as some sort of, uh, you know, a global terrorist attack from China because it has affected every country's economy to the nth degree to the fact that some of these industries, they will recover. So if you're use, if there's people here in the United States that are using this attack uh, to sort of you know further exacerbate it with uh, you know people's fears and concerns, then it should be treated as a terrorist uh, mm-hmm. threat, in my opinion. So I mean, it's just it. I guess we shouldn't be surprised in this day and age, but that stuff is just absolutely uh, just idiotic uh, for people to do that in this sort of environment where people's uh, you know, where people's concerns are at its height, uh, and we've never seen anything like this. And so, uh, just you know, as bored as you may be, don't do anything stupid. I guess they want to be future Johnny Knoxes, is what they want to be. <laughs> well, uh, I guess they're just going to be thrown in jail where that's exactly right. They're going to end up being. 
They end up yeah. paying some big fines, is what they're going to do. I gotta, That's I right. gotta brag about our uh, junior senator Tom Cotton. He's done very well. Of course, uh, one of the things that has come out. Uh, during uh, the coverage of uh, the coronavirus coverage that we've been doing and other news agencies has been doing is uh, the monopoly almost of producing medicines that China holds here uh, in the Uh world and especially against the United States. And Tom Cotton and uh, some other folks now have some pending legislation. It's going to bring a lot of that inside our own borders again so we don't ever get blackmailed by the Chinese. Uh, that's brilliant. Uh, it's something that should have happened well before now. I think uh, Senator Cotton has been a leading voice on this from the very beginning. He's one of the first people that, you know, brought up the uh, coronavirus and the Wuhan flu, uh, you know, early on uh, back in mid-January, I believe. Uh, but I think that that idea to start bringing back some of that supply chain here to the United States uh, is absolutely what needs to happen. Uh, We've had people that have warned against this for a long time now, and we finally saw it in action. Uh, If we as a country do not have the ability uh, to, uh, you know, uh, get the things we need in the supply chain to make whatever the respirators or the masks or whatever it might be, then we are competing globally uh, for these items that we need right now. And, And I think we finally saw that and realized that, uh, during this pandemic that, hey, we're America, but we can't necessarily get the N95 masks that we need or the number of respirators that we critically need because the rest of the world needs them as well, and they're all coming from China. Uh, yeah. And so uh, I'm, in some ways, if you're looking for a silver lining, uh, that's one of them in, in that we needed to see this, we needed to recognize it, and I think there will be an appetite that we do something uh, about it uh, when the dust settles. Yeah, I agree. We do definitely, I've been saying for a long time, need to be doing something about that. Uh, you know, the whole global economy is a great concept, except that you got people out there that uh, want to conquer the countries that are part of yeah. the global economy. So you got to keep your eye on them. All right, Jr. let's take a final break here. Let's get the weather and the traffic in. Then we'll come back and finish up. I want, you know, a lot. There's been a lot of screaming about, well, the United States isn't testing enough people. Uh, Dr. Deborah Bricks talked about this, and uh, we will play something she had to say about that when we return here on the Dave Ellswick Show. 13 minutes till 7 on a Thursday, Jr. Davis, our guest, Corey Lewandowski, just around the corner at 7 o'clock. All right, continuing, finish up this hour with Jr. Jr. I appreciate you making yourself uh, available today and being part of the show today because there's just so much to talk about and things that are going on. I personally think, uh, see what you think about this real quickly, I think the Democrats have done uh, maybe irreparable harm to their chances uh, in November. I think that the Democrat Party on the Hill have certainly hurt themselves. I think Joe Biden has hurt himself. He has been absolutely absent. Uh, At one point in time, you know, where is Joe was trending on Twitter. Uh, This is this is the presumptive nominee for the Democrats take on Trump in November. And in the biggest crisis our country has faced, maybe ever, uh, as far as everyone being affected, the Democrat nominee is nowhere to be seen. 
Um, and so I think that, that, you know, the actions by Pelosi and Schumer coupled with the inaction of Joe Biden uh, is a pretty rough recipe as we head into the summer months. Yeah, I, I agree. All right, so let me uh, play this piece that I said that I'd get to. A lot of people saying, well, we're not doing enough testing. We're not doing enough testing. Let me give you some numbers here. Well, an, instead of me giving the numbers, how about Dr. Bricks? Here's Dr. Bricks. You've been seeing her on television. Here's what she had to say about testing here on the Dave Ellswick Show. I just want to speak to the Americans for just a second, though. We have to ensure that we still are testing, even though probably by today we will have done more tests than South Korea did in eight weeks, in the last eight yeah. days. In the last eight mm-hmm. days, mm-hmm. we've done more testing than South Korea. But we did that because we transformed the testing process as the president spoke to. But we don't want people who are just worried to go get tested. If you don't have a persistent fever, if you don't have a cough, if you're not in the risk group, if you're not a nurse or doctor, we really want the testing and the drive-through testing and the testing that is provided in the cities to be very much still focused on the people who need it. Because there's only so much even those high-throughput machines are doing. They're doing about 50, 60, 70,000 tests a day now. They could get potentially to 150,000 a day. But we want to make sure mm-hmm. we're testing in the areas that really have the problems. Okay. So, so much for the testing, would you say there, Jr. We did more tests than South Korea did in eight weeks in eight days. What we had yeah, to do is I'd... we had to cut the, the red tape that was put up by the FDA so that we could get the testing underway. Yeah, and I think that, you know, obviously with the president being who he is and the national media being who they are, uh, this and quite frankly, this being an unprecedented situation, every move in, in that, the gov- that the president has made uh, has come under a microscope with the media. It has been critiqued. It's been criticized. Uh, there hadn't been a whole lot of uh, positive things said uh, with national pundits. However, I think what we're seeing now is that we've turned that corner. Uh, The president always said that we want to create our own tests here in America. We've done that. Uh, And that, you know, we just need to increase that capacity for testing, which we are doing now as well. Uh, That's still the focus. We heard Dr. Fauci talk about testing, testing, testing. Make sure that uh, where you can uh, and and not, you know, just because you're concerned. uh, But if you actually have some of the symptoms, go ahead and be tested. Um, And so... Uh, I think we've turned a corner. And I will say this too, Dave, before uh, I take off, uh, I've been very impressed. And again, I used to work for the man, but I thought Governor Hutchinson's news conferences, uh, daily updates, just giving people sort of the download for what's happening in the state uh, as he gets that information has been really, really helpful to the folks here in Arkansas, uh, just knowing what's happening uh, from the state's perspective. I also think where you've had these complete shutdowns from other states, specifically Democratic governors, uh, it's refreshing to have a governor like Asa Hutchinson at the helm uh, who is saying, hey, we're not going to be knee-jerk. Let's take a beat. Let's see where we are. Let's do this methodically, and let's make sure that, um, you know, where we can, uh, we're all doing our part to make sure this virus doesn't spread any further than it needs to. 
Well, I agree. I think that the, the governor has done better than most governors in the states, to be honest with you. Uh, one last thing I wanted to play for you, to let you take in case you're talking to people today. You know, Fauci has been, they've been, the media has been portraying he and Trump as at each other's throat. And he talked about that yesterday. And here's what Dr. Uh, Fauci had to say. Dr. Fauci, I want to ask you about something that I've seen transpiring over the past couple of days, especially as it relates to you. It seems like increasingly a bunch of the questions from the media are designed to create a rift between you and the president of the United States, or at least to sort of emphasize differences of opinion in a way uh, that, you know, creates distance between you and the president. Are you sensing that as the media continually asks you questions about the differences you have with him? That that is really unfortunate. I, I would wish that that would stop, because we have a much bigger problem here uh, than trying to point out differences. They're really fundamentally at the core. When you look at things, there are not differences. The president has listened to what I have said and what the other people on the task force have said when I've made recommendations. He's taken them. He's never countered or overridden me. The idea of just pitting one against the other is just not helpful. I wish that would stop and we'd look ahead at the challenge we have to pull together to get over this thing. There you go. Wow. I mean, he just shot that down in flames, and well, I'm, I'm hoping people will pay attention to that. This president is working closely with all of these people that he's called in for his task force. He knows they understand what's going on, and they've said, yeah, he might have a thought that this is the way we should do something, but he listens to what they have to say, and he changes his thought process if necessary. Absolutely. Yeah, I think that that's, uh, again, I think that's where you see some of his favorables continuing to go uh, up is because people are kind of seeing a different side of the president that they haven't seen, uh, you know, in the previous three years as president. So I I think that, you know, that's kind of a a nice look behind the veil. Uh, Good comments there from Dr. Fauci just explaining that, you know, the president, despite what you may think, he is listening to us. He is taking our advice uh, and he's making those decisions uh, based off that information we're providing him. So, uh, again, uh, it, it, you know, to the chagrin of Democrats, uh, the president's winning this one. Yep. He's doing what he always does. He's got America first. Jr. thanks so much. We appreciate you joining us this morning. Don't don't uh, tune out because Corey Lewandowski is coming up after the news. And I know you don't want to miss what he has to say. No, it's going to be a good interview. I appreciate you having me on, Dave. All right, Jr. Thank you very much, Jr. Davis right. from the Gilmore Group here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Yeah, just as I say, Corey Lewandowski coming up after the news. The news is next. It's uh, We're looking for a high of 84 today under partly sunny skies. Right now, 49 in Little Rock, 51 in Conway, 54 in Cabot, 56, 55 Pine Bluff Hot Springs in Fayetteville is 65 degrees. More coming up in just a few moments.
All right, so we got off and running that first hour with J.R. Davis from the Gilmore Group joining me today. Now let's up. Uh, Let's put the pedal to the metal. Corey Lewandowski is going to join us here on the Dave Ellswick Show. And if there's one thing you know about Corey, if I ask him a question, I'm going to get a straight answer. And I'm looking forward to that today. Uh, Corey, i got to ask you, have the, have the Democrats completely destroyed their chances in 2020 in the way that they've been acting as the president and the Republicans have been trying to get this relief bill passed? Well, Dave, what we've seen, and you know, you've got a U.S. senator who has fought tooth and nail to stop this from happening, is a bill bloated with things that don't help prevent this coronavirus from affecting more people and don't help the American people. We've now seen Nancy Pelosi load this bill up with $300 million for public broadcasting. We saw her try to put money in there for public funding of abortions. These things don't fly with the American people who want relief because because they've lost their job or temporarily furloughed because of this coronavirus. This is the type of thing that people remember when it comes to Election Day, and they're going to show up and vote, and they're going to continue to vote against the Democrats because of it. Yeah, and here's the, the cool thing about it. I thought that the president would always win re-election, but I didn't think that we could win back the House. Now I'm believing that the way that the Democrats have acted, that winning back the House is a very, very possible uh, event coming in November. Well, it is because of the leadership or lack thereof on the other side. Look, Nancy Pelosi, from ripping up the State of the Union speech that the president gave to loading up a bill that doesn't do anything to help the American people, to refusing to pass a transportation infrastructure spending bill, to not allow bills to allow the American people to purchase their health insurance across state lines. The Democrats have done nothing for the two years that they've been in the majority. And people remember that. And look, here's what happens. When you go to the ballot box, you have to make the decision, am I better off today than I was two or four years ago? And has the team that's in power delivered for me? And there is not one iota of success that this House has put forth to make the American people's lives better. And that will be reminded because they're being driven by the far left, the AOCs of the world, the Rashid Tlaibs of the world, who have been very public and very forward-facing about the fact that they want to end the commercial airline industry. And, you know, this is what's now going on because of this pandemic. We see 750,000 workers in the American airline industry out of work because of it. This has been their plan all along, and it is crippling our economy. Yeah, I I just don't get it. I guess that, you know, I thought they had bent left the party as as a majority of the people that belong to the party. But what I'm seeing now is they've didn't just go left they they left the playing field Corey. they've they've gone off to marxism plus would you agree with that oh dave i absolutely agree with that and they're proud of it is the most disgusting part they truly believe that socialism as opposed to capitalism is a better way to run the country but when you drill down on these people and you ask them give me one example of any country in the world where socialism has worked they can't give you that example they can't point to cuba or venezuela or anywhere else because we know it doesn't work but they're unapologetic they believe in the redistribution 
distribution of wealth. If it was their way, they would be forcing private companies to do things that they don't want to do, even though the private companies that this administration has engaged to help prevent this pandemic from getting worse have volunteered to do that, because that's how great our country is. Under the world of AOC and Bernie and Joe Biden, they would be forcing private sector to do things just because they have the power under the government to do it. It is not the way our country was founded, and it's not the way our country should be run. Isn't it amazing to you how the uh, Democrats try to change the narrative? I saw Schumer on an interview. In fact, I played it uh, last hour, a segment of it, about three minute segment of it, about how the Democrats had done gotten so much more done uh, with this bill to help the American public. And everything that he mentioned had already been in the bill. There was nothing there that hadn't been there before. They're trying to rewrite history right in front of our eyes. Well, and, and we've seen that time and time again. Look, I believe that the Democrats see this as an opportunity to make the president, to force the president to sign a massive spending bill only to use this against him in the November election. They'll accuse the president of increasing our debt. They'll, inc- they'll accuse the president of presiding over a bad economy. They'll accuse the president of this terrible pandemic because that's what partisan politics is. And, you know, if you're in the House of Representatives and you're a Democrat, particularly a blue dog Democrat, and I know down in your state you don't have many of those guys left, but nope. how do you go back and justify that you should be reelected when you can't point to one tangible item that you have passed or achieved to help the American people? And that's where the Democratic Party now is. It is so far to the left. Bernie Sanders is really the head of the Democratic Party right now. He's a self-avowed socialist. He honeymooned in Russia, and he's proud of that, and that's where their party is. The blue dog Democrats of the old days of Dale Bumpers and those guys no longer exist. This party is so far to the left, and that's why they continue to lose elections. For you who have just joined us, this is Corey Lewandowski. I love having Corey on because, unlike some people, uh, you never have any doubt in your mind where Corey Lewandowski stands. He'll tell you exactly what he believes in, and he's proud of it. And that's what I really like about him. I like him a lot because he is that way. Let me play a little cut for you, if I can, Corey. Here's Pelosi yesterday talking about her bill that she wanted everybody to pass. Check this out. Go ahead. Cut Dr. four. Dr. Fauci, I want to ask you about no, kept four. what is remaining that you want changed? Well, I'm not going to negotiate on TV, uh, but uh, the uh, I, I want to have a unanimous consent. I want us to be able to go forward. Uh, not as, you know, it's not a bill I would have written in terms of some things that relate to family medical leave, that relate to uh, worker protections, that uh, ruling on worker protections. But we that can be done administratively. We can find other ways. Not enough money for elections, etc. At this time, all of everything we're suggesting just relates to COVID nineteen. It's not about no. making law for the future. It's about COVID. Well, except fighting COVID nineteen is for the future. But I mean, it's not changing policy except as it applies here so again many of the uh, many of the provisions in there have been greatly improved well, me, because of negotiation about that. enough enough 
I, I threw up in my mouth. I'm sorry. Hold on. I got to get a cup of coffee and get the taste out of my mouth, Corey. That's just unbelievable. You, she wants unanimous consent. Well, what's she going to do today? She got 100, and, 100 to nothing out of the Senate yesterday. What, she, uh, what is she going to do? And there was nothing in that bill, she says, that wasn't related to COVID-19. Uh, the Kennedy Center was related to COVID-19. I don't get this woman that she so brazenly feels like she can lie to the American public. Well, be, because the mainstream media does not hold her accountable for her lies. Look, maybe the Kennedy Senator is a phenomenal place. I've never been there. I'm not really into that. But, hey, people are. $35 million for the Kennedy Center is beyond reproach. And not just that. We know what they're trying to do as it relates to ballot harvesting, what they're trying to do as it relates to electioneering. And the reason is because the Democrats are continuing to lose. And in states like California, where, unfortunately, ballot harvesting is a very, very real issue, they want to put more money to to allow this to continue. And what that means for your listeners is we saw in the 2018 election members of Congress Republicans who won on election night by six or 7,000 votes in a congressional district only to turn around and lose after the, supposedly the rest of these votes were counted that they found in various locations by as much as four or 5,000 votes. So we're seeing swings as it relates to ballot harvesting in the ten and 12,000 vote range, which is astronomical. And that's all in this bill. That's what they tried to push through this bill. They tried to push through money for the Kennedy Center for public broadcasting. I don't understand why the American taxpayer continues to pay for the Public Broadcasting Corporation. Yeah, I'm with you. you know, it, look, why, why are we doing that, let alone $300 million? So that does nothing to help prevent the spread of COVID-19 or to help fight the current pandemic that we're in right now. But the mainstream media will never, ever hold Nancy Pelosi accountable. Look, and I hate to, to, to just go on a tangent for a second, Dave. You remember Nancy Pelosi did two interviews, one on MSNBC and one on CNN, in the last week. Not one question about her daughter's tweets uh, that is a political strategist who basically uh, attacked Rand Paul for contracting this virus. Not one question. Can you imagine the same uh, type of questioning to President Trump about his son or Donald Jr.? Of course they would never be treated the same. But, hey, it's Nancy Pelosi, and she's part of the beautiful people. Yeah, I I get it. I I go, you know, fully behind you, Corey, on this. Before I let you go, because I told him I'd take you just to 20 after, here's your question. Give me your overall feel for this uh, task force and how the president has been directing it along with the vice president. Well, I really think Mike Pence and his team have done an amazing job. And the, the public polling data indicates, which is now available to everyone, that the American people believe the president has done the right thing from stopping those flights from China very early on to limiting travel to giving the power to the governors. And that's what this should be about. You have to remember, it's not the president's job, per se, to close municipalities or counties or cities. That's the job of the governors. And I think they've done a phenomenal job of communicating out of this administration. We're seeing these press conferences every single day. I think that provides some solace to the American people so they know where we are. But I also think that these governors 
have to take accountability, not in your state, but whether it's Cuomo or it's Gavin Newsom in California, if they want to keep their states or their cities closed, that's up to them to make that decision. But what we're seeing is many governors want the president to step in and take the responsibility because they know what the true economic impact is going to be on their states, and they don't want to have to deal with that come election day. So I hope the president continues to push down those decisions to the governors and the local mayors and the local municipalities to decide what is best for their respective communities, because what takes place in Arkansas is very different than what takes place in New York City. All right. Thank you so much for being with us today, Corey. It's always a pleasure. Hopefully I run into you at the RNC uh, when we have the big convention coming up in, uh, in August. Look forward to seeing you then, bud. Have a great day. Thank you. All right. Corey Lewandowski here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Great guy. As I said, you ask him a question, get ready. He's going to give you a straight answer. We got to get a break. It's uh, 20 minutes after 7. It's uh, 49 in Little Rock. We're going up to 84 degrees. Uh, The sun has just come up. We'll start warming up as the day moves on now. Uh, Clouds breaking tonight, low of 65. Uh, Tomorrow, uh, warm weather continues with periods of sun and a high of 81 degrees. Off we go on this break here on the Dave Ellswick Show, 101.1 FM. The answer. Hey, let me uh, mention to you that if you're worried about uh, the meltdown going on right now with the stock market, that there's some great news still out in those dark clouds. There's some silver linings showing up. Uh, According to Forbes, this could be a huge opportunity. A huge opportunity right now to save big money on taxes and retirement. Uh, Learn how this will all work out uh, with a free tax reduction analysis uh, from David Lucas Financial right here in Little Rock. If you save more than $400,000, be one of the first 10 callers to schedule your free analysis. Look, you need to sit down and plan for all of this. You can't. Uh, know that you're going to protect your money unless you plan to protect your money. So this free analysis, you can get it by right now calling 501-222-3315. Don't wait. Uh, This big drop in the stock market could be your window of opportunity to save tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars over your entire retirement span and save those dollars in taxes. Uh, Learn how. Call 501-222-3315. That's uh, 501-222-3315. And uh, David Lucas, great person to work with. I work with him uh, personally as well. I know a lot of our listeners who do. Make that call if you've never done uh, that analysis. It, it can save you a whole lot of money. 725 right now on the Dave Ellswick Show. Uh, there's a story that's uh, broke on the, the morning paper saying that Mayor Frank Scott has decided not to pursue that 1% tax increase. Uh, I think right after the news, we're going to get Elizabeth uh, to call in and talk to us a little bit about the story. Tell us what exactly is going on. We've already started to get some different uh, people to uh, talk about this. Matt Wildside says on my Facebook page, Einstein finally made a good decision. 
how much longer will people allow local politicians to tax us to death and uh, piss the money away on swimming pools, golf courses, ball fields, a trolley, etc.? Are we going to continue to allow these bums to hold a, quote, special election to sneak in a tax increase? This uh, crisis is going to get you woke to the robbery we all suffer. First responders need tax money. Police, fire department, EMTs. I'd love to see someone anywhere run for mayor of any place and say, I will not raise taxes. I'll run the city within its current budget. Uh, Get woke to the fact that your local city and county government is ripping you off for BS and has more control over your life than the feds in D.C. He's singing to the choir. This is something I've been saying for years, uh, being on the radio here in Little Rock, 20 years I've been on, and I've I've been uh, promoting that exact same thing. You always hear these uh, uh, mayors come up and say, I need more money for police. I need more money EMTs. I need more money fire. I need more money for uh, essential services. No, they don't. Let me repeat that to you. No, they don't. They got plenty of money. It's how you budget the money. Let me just ask, when you get paid, do you sit down and go, okay, now how should I do this? Uh, should I go out and maybe I should buy a new car? You know, I don't need a new car. But maybe I should buy one looks better. I like to look better when I'm driving around. Or do you sit down and you go, what is it that I really need to pay? Well, probably need to pay your rent or your mortgage. You probably need to pay all of your bills as far as your utilities go. Uh, you probably need to buy food. Uh, so that you can eat, your family can eat. You do all of those things. So here's my point that I've always made. It's the same thing. You sit down these politicians, you get a mayor and sits down and says, okay, let's budget. First thing, how much money does the police need? How much money do the EMTs need? How much money does the fire department need? How much does uh, ambulance service need? All of the important essentials and budget that money. Make sure they have exactly what they need to do the job they're being called on to do and maybe pad it a little bit in case something like this happens, all right, where they're called on to do even more. Then start looking at all the other things you would like to do. Well, we like to, you know, make the the golf course better. We like to, you know, put uh, slides at the swimming pool. Oh, we don't have a swimming pool. Well, we like to build one of those. Here in Little Rock, we'd like to spend an extra uh, couple million dollars on the zoo. Do we have it after we take care of the essentials? That's the way every uh, American, for the most part, budgets their own money that have common sense. What you see is these mayors decide they want all this other crap, and it's nice crap, I'll give them credit, but it's crap if your fire department, police department, EMTs and whatnot are not taken care of so they can protect the citizens of that city. All right, a break, then we'll be back with more. Rush is up next, then I'll be back with you with more here on the Dave Ellswick Show, 101.1 FM, The Answer. All right, this is coming in. Unemployment benefit claims have skyrocketed to 3.2 
million. Uh, the COVID-19 pandemic is wrecking havoc on the U.S. economy, and data released today reflected the severe damage being done to the labor market. The number of Americans filing for unemployment benefits skyrocketed to a record-breaking 3.283 million for the week ended March 21st. Consensus expectations were for 1.6 million claims. The previous record was 695,000 claims filed the week ending October 2nd of 82. Initial jobless claims for the week ended March 14th jumped by 70,000 to 281,000 and was the largest single week increase since the Great Recession. So it's just a a wake-up call of, you know, when the government pushes the stop button, it's going to wreak havoc on people's lives. And and that's what's happened. Uh, When you've got all these uh, uh, governors and the president and and, uh, his people all saying we've got to close restaurants, we've got to close down movie theaters, we've got, to, we've got to close down business. And when you close down business, those businesses uh, can't keep people on the payroll. They've got to let those people go file unemployment claims, and that's what they're doing. And uh, now you're seeing uh, why this rescue bill, <coughs> excuse me, is, is so big. In just a moment, uh, we'll be hearing from Elizabeth. She'll be joining us. A story that uh, broke this morning is that uh, Mayor uh, Scott, Frank Scott uh, of Little Rock, is uh, uh, taking down the uh, asking the residents of Little Rock to uh, approve that 1% sales tax that he wants. Not a good time to be asking that. You're going to lose. Uh, even when you have a special election and with things as uh, the way they are right now, that's going to cause you all kinds of, of problems uh, trying to get something like that passed. And it's going to be hard to get it passed for quite some time now, I believe. But I go back to what my initial uh, response to that is. Uh, and uh, this 1% increase, uh, look, you Give the money that you need uh, to, uh, you know, the fire, to the, um, you know, police, to the EMTs, to the, the, the first responders and whatnot. And after you do that, you look at what, how much money is coming in to the government. You say, okay, this is, we got to spend this money specifically for these things. This is what the government is called upon to do. Take care, protect uh, the citizenry. So we're going to do that first. That comes off the top of how much money we got coming in. Then you look at other things that you can deal with uh, that are other uh, that are out there, other programs, you know, like summer programs for kids or summer programs to to help kids uh, have a job during uh, during the summertime and things of that nature. Things that normally you only do if you have some extra revenue. If you don't have the extra revenue, you don't do them. Just, you've got to have the same kind of mindset 
that the average Joe and Joette have in running their lives. It's not right for the government to think differently than that. Because if you're taking more money from the people, uh, you know, it's the people who are making money that are paying taxes that are making this happen. If you're taking that money and redistri- uh, you know, doing a redistribution of money to the people who don't have money, who don't pay taxes, then what you're doing is just going to continue to fulfill a, a, you know, a self-fulfilling prophecy. You're not going to help those people want to, to uh, pull themselves out, out of poverty. There's enough people out there. I'm not saying that everybody is like this, but there is a, a large minority. That have, why should I go work if I can just sit at home and get a check? I mean, it's the whole thing with the, the unemployment. They wanted to you know, make unemployment that you got 100% of your salary plus additional hundreds of dollars a week while you're un, on unemployment. Well, why would anybody want to go back to work at their previous amount of money they were making if it's going to be less than if they sit on their duff and just wait for the money to end up into their uh, checking account? You know, through direct deposit. I won't say waiting for a check to get in. Most of the time now, we don't even uh, issue checks like that. It's money that's put right into the bank. So you've got to have some common sense about this. This is where the Democrats always uh, lose me. They have no common sense. When it comes to this stuff, they just want to continue to send money to people that they think that if I send you, send you money, that uh, I, sit you, I sit you here on the plantation I've set up, then uh, bottom line, you'll continue to vote for me because, hey, if you vote for me and we keep, to, uh, keep it copacetic about the way things are going, then I'll make sure that I have enough food to eat. I'll have my rent paid for me. And uh, maybe I can buy another new game for my PlayStation 4 and uh, buy instead of just a small bag of Cheetos, maybe I'll be able to buy the big bag of Cheetos. You know what I'm saying? All right. Now, Elizabeth's on the phone. Let's get Elizabeth in here. Hey, Elizabeth, did you put on your makeup and everything? I know that you were concerned about uh, how you looked on the radio today. See if we got her. Are you there? Okay, I'm not hearing her right now. We'll we'll get that fixed up and taken care of, and uh, and talk to Elizabeth here in just a moment. While we wait on that, let's go ahead and uh, let me tell you that today is going to be partly sunny. The clouds are going to leave. Uh, then it's going to get 84 degrees today. That's what we're looking at as a high. It might get a little warmer. That in fact, tonight clouds uh, breaking, uh, lowest 65. Uh, tomorrow, warm temperatures still are around, uh, periods of sun, high of 81. And on Saturday, uh, look for a heavy afternoon thunderstorm. Could be severe, just so you'll know, with a high tomorrow of 72 degrees. We'll take a break, 49 degrees here in Little Rock. It's the Dave Ellswick Show, 101.1 FM, The Answer.
Not a lot of details. Um, he basically is pulling back the whole proposal. Somehow, I guess, it, he doesn't think it's a good time for quality of life improvements to the golf courses. Wow, it you would think? Cost, you know, $50 million is what the uh, proposed tax would have raised for the city of Little Rock. Um, it doesn't give a lot of details. It does say that he has already instituted a hiring freeze for non-essential people and non-essential services. I think that's been done. Uh, it says he's going to be talking to the board of directors about adjusting the 2020 budget for Little Rock. It uh, doesn't really give a whole lot more details about any proposals or plans that he has. It just just the, just the news that he's pulling back. <laughs> he doesn't want to ask the city residents for more money for parks right now. I can't imagine why not. Yeah, I can't really figure that one out. I mean, uh, if you're going to go for it, you might as well go for it for it and then all the millions of dollars they want for the zoo and and whatnot by the way i don't know if you've seen this or not uh it's it's on my facebook page of a person in social uh, distancing walking their dog using a drone to take their dog for a walk have you seen that yet no, sir. That's a creative way to get around this problem. <laughs> yeah. So they're staying inside and flying the, the drone, and uh, it's uh, tethered by the leash to what looks like a, a shih tzu and walking I love it, it around uh, I love outside. It. <laughs> so that's pretty – that's kind of cool, you know, to the be weather, honest. When the weather cleared up a little here in Conway, we've seen some of our neighbors out walking, and it's sort of interesting. I saw – a little clump of folks walking by yesterday, and I say a little clump. There was maybe three or four or five folks, but they were. It was like a little parade. They were all five, six feet apart, walking down yeah. the road, kind of in a little row. But they were. I know who they are. They're my neighbors. They were all walking around. It was sort of interesting that people are doing what they're doing to adapt. Well, you need to get out. I got to tell you what. Today it's supposed to be eighty-four and sunny. I'm taking a lawn chair, and I'm sitting it out on the driveway, and I'm going to look like just a crotchety old neighbor uh, sitting out there and, and yell, <laughs> yelling at the kids, get off my lawn. You know, i got to I got to get out and do something. It's driving me crazy just to sit in the house. It really is. It's a great but, okay. day to get out. If, if you have a yard, it's a great day to get out in your yard. My, my yard, I have flower beds, and my yard is about a foot deep in weeds, and I'm mm-hmm. actually very much looking forward to getting out into the yard today. <laughs> to weed yeah. the yard. How fun is that? Well, I want to get out and just absorb some vitamin D. That's exactly what I want to do. But this whole thing with Mayor Scott, I, I find it interesting. And uh, we've had some some interesting uh, posts under that story. And uh, one guy must been have been re- listening to my show for the last 20 years because it was just right down the line what I have said about, you know, how they're 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 raping people, taking their money uh, for things that, you know, not necessarily should be spent for, especially when you keep talking about, well, we we need some extra revenue for the police and we need extra revenue for EMTs. Did you know, like the average EMT only makes like 10 to 12 dollars an hour? That's just that's incredible to me. Those guys are the first responders to hopefully save people's lives. Some of our most important people in our culture, first responders, teachers in the same lower paid category. We don't pay the people who take care of us nearly enough to take care of us. This I don't know. Change I, things. Look, you when think? you talk about, and you look at teachers, I, 
I pay about three dollars an hour for a babysitter, so you know, teachers should get maybe four fifty. I don't know. I'm just, I'm just Where are you kidding. Getting babysitting for three dollars yeah. an hour? That's cheap. Well, you know me. I can, I can run a pretty tough bargain. You know how I do. You get unlimited popcorn with that, and a few other oh, things. Oh yeah, movies. Yeah, yeah, movies, movies, all that, and all uh, that. You know, all that runs up into money as well. So I just tell them, you can, you get that here at my house. You don't get that at your own house. Is that right? Well, no, we three dollars an have, hour plus Benny. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> it. We don't have Netflix and we don't have Amazon and we don't have Disney Plus and all of that. And I said, well, you got it at my house, and I'll show you how to be able to access it. So uh, you know, just consider that part of the of the deal. I'm kidding about. I hope everybody knows that I'm talking <laughs> with my my tongue firmly in cheek. I I pay Good my morning. babysitter well. <laughs> All right, we're looking at you. You watch my – well, you don't watch my kids anymore. I don't have kids. Uh, they don't need to be watched. But when they were, that was uh, 10 years ago or whatever, uh, I was already paying, you know, $10, $15 an hour for the kids, let, let them do their thing. And But I expected them to do their job, uh, which, well, you know, questionable at times. It depends on the age. Um, yeah. It's interesting for me to think about how some of the other cities around the country who are being uh, run by Democrats are sort of getting into trouble. Little Rock, I, I just looked up to see if we have any information on hospital outlook in Arkansas. Little uh-huh. Rock. Uh, I haven't seen much coming out of Mayor Scott, except I'm not going to ask you for more taxes. Uh, I'm going to impose a curfew. And, oh, by the way, the curfew was extended. In Little Rock, it's now 9 p.m. to 5 a.m. Still not sure exactly what that's accomplishing, except, I mean, there's not many people on the streets. The only thing I could think of is less stress on law enforcement, but there's hardly anybody out there as it is. I don't know. I'm not sure why he imposed the curfew. Yeah, I don't know. I don't understand it either, and I don't know if why he would extend it. You've already closed all the restaurants and everything. I mean, most people aren't going to be out. Uh, watch for taillights being out, headlights being out, people making wrong turns, you know, indicators that people are up to no good or maybe they're drinking and driving and things of that nature, and then take care of it. Well, my girlfriend has made the point on more than one occasion. She she said, What's going to happen to all the drug dealers? They're always out in the middle of the night looking for customers, and there's no customers on the street. What are the drug dealers going to do? <laughs> yeah. I think, I... I think Little Rock, Little Rock, you know, we haven't had a Democrat mayor long enough that, well, I say that Democrat mayor. We've had Democrats. In my opinion, Frank Scott is a little more um, extreme, and we haven't had much uh, from him except we want to raise taxes and make parks. I'm not real sure, well, some of his boards and things. I'm not real sure what type of leadership he's providing in this um, situation. Yeah, it's just really weird. You know what I'm saying? It's just strange uh, that, you know, he's more progressive uh, than uh, Stodola was and probably Jello Jim, not as, uh, you know, more progressive than Jello Jim was. Uh, The bottom line is, although I think both of them may have been more progressive if, they weren't being kept in check a lot of times by the board. So we're going to have to watch and see what Scott tries to do. I mean, yeah, he's seriously. Going to, he's going to be talking to the board of directors about the city of Little Rock's budget. Um, of course, we know there's a special session beginning today. 
at the Jack Stevens Center, where Arkansas is going to be grappling with what they're saying is $353 million shortfall. Um, I guess those are what I call immediate sales tax projections. In other words, we know with everything closed down, that sales tax revenue stream is going to shrink dramatically. Yes. I'm not sure that the $353 million that our governor is projecting, um, they haven't said, but I think that's probably a at-this-moment number. In other words, I think it's probably going to change, and I think it's probably going to go up a well, lot. It will be interesting to see how that sales tax divvies itself up. I agree that there will be less sales tax coming through brick-and-mortar stores, but we do have the sales tax now on online purchases, which means we should see that skyrocket as people move their purchases over uh, to the uh, the Internet. So I don't know if it's going to be as much of a drop as, as they're saying. What do you think? I'm not sure what to think of that. Uh, the interesting thing is we really won't know because I know I've heard here in Faulkner County as Faulkner County has grappled uh, up till recently, how much money are we going to get new? You know, how much more money is going to come in on this internet tax? Uh, we were told that there, they, have, the state has not split out. In other words, this much tax comes from online sales, and this much of your revenue is coming from retail. We have no way of knowing here in Arkansas. Mm-hmm. So the number is about the only thing we're, you know, the overall number is the only thing we'll be able to watch. They don't know the sources, or if they do, they're not reporting it. I don't know which. So okay, I don't know. So- We're not sure where the money's coming from. We just know the money comes. Sales tax revenue. Sales tax revenue. Okay, interesting. That's kind. That is. That's interesting. That they they haven't gotten that uh, a lot more, uh, you know, zeroed in. You would think that they would have that and they could make it uh, happen. Well, appreciate you joining us this morning. Go ahead. Sure, sure. Our county treasurer told Faulkner County's quorum court because they kept saying, how much more can we expect? How much more can we expect? And he has made that clear several times. There is no way to know. We just have to watch the overall number and see how much comes in. Of course, that was prior to all the shutdowns and all that sort of thing. I guess you saw the numbers, unemployed numbers that came in today. They were expecting 1.6 million and they got over 3 million people uh, going for unemployment. Uh, interesting. Uh, we're going to have to keep a lookout on on those numbers. I expect the stock market will definitely show uh, their concern about that many people doing uh, unemployment. Uh, Elizabeth, thanks a lot. Appreciate it. I'll talk to you later in the day. I'll be texting you, and we can talk at that time. But uh, thanks for coming on just to give us a little background on this uh, uh, article that was in the Demgas today. Thank you. All right. Talk to you later. Time for me to take a break. Got to get a break in for the news. News coming up for 8 o'clock here on 101.1 FM. 84 degrees is our forecasted high today. Uh, It's going to be partly sunny skies outside during that time. Looking uh, right now uh, tonight for uh, the clouds breaking, a low of 65 degrees. And then uh, tomorrow, warm periods of sun and a high of 81. Currently in Cabot's 49, Conway 50, Pine Bluff 55, Hot Springs 52, and Little Rock 50 uh, degrees. Hotspot Fayetteville 65.
Okay, let's move into our final hour for a Thursday show. Uh, Thanks to uh, Elizabeth for joining us in that last uh, segment to uh, give us that update on uh, Mayor uh, Scott uh, holding back on that 1% uh, tax he would like to impose upon the people of of, uh, Little Rock. Uh, Interesting that he was, believe it or not, going to have a special election in August for it when you had a huge election that you'd be already set up for it in November. But, of course, remember why special elections are there. That's so that they can make sure they can get their uh, particular uh, special interest tax uh, increase or whatever, have a better chance of passing it because they'll make sure all of their people that support that tax know about the election and will go out and vote about it. But a lot of people that are just going on with their uh, normal lives uh, won't have a clue and they won't show up to vote. A lot of people who would vote no won't be there. Uh, so they'll, you know, get it passed. I mean, it's a well-known fact that on special elections, tax increases have a much better chance of passing uh, than in general elections when everybody shows up and they see that, uh, you know, the local government, state government, federal government wants to take more of their money and they vote no. All right, so they passed uh, in the Senate. House hasn't done it yet. We're expecting that vote coming today, dealing with the the rescue bill uh, that the Senate passed uh, last night. So in that bill, in the middle of it, there's a couple hundred pages uh, talking about how much money you get as a citizen. Let me run over that for you so that you'll know. And uh, you're going to get a check, most of you, just so you'll know that you can use in whatever way you want to. Uh, it will be more than the checks that were sent out during the Bush era. You remember after uh, 9-11, they sent out uh, checks to get people to get out and, and do some shopping and, uh, and uh, fire up the economy. So uh, people who file individually, first of all. So if you file your taxes as an individual, you're eligible for a check up to $1,200. But that will decrease uh, for you if you earn an adjusted gross income of more than $75,000 a year. The bill says that the payment is reduced by 5% of every dollar above that mark or $50 for every $1,000 above $75,000. What that ultimately means is that uh, you who make more than seventy-five grand, the payment is less the higher your earnings are, uh, with it being reduced to zero if you make $99,000 or more a year. Now, if you're like, for instance, me, you're married filing jointly. Uh, couples who file a joint tax return are eligible for a payment of up to $2,400, 
plus an additional $500 per child. However, that amount decreases for couples whose adjusted gross income is more than $150,000 in a year uh, at the same rate of 5% of every dollar above that mark. What that translates out to you is less money uh, for more uh, that you make with it being reduced to zero for joint filers without children who earn $198,000 or more. If you're someone who's filing as the head of a household, people who file as heads of households are eligible for payments of up to $1,200, but that amount is increased by $500 per child. That amount is reduced for people who earn an adjusted gross income of more than $112,000 a year. The extent to which it is decreased, of course, depends on how many children you have. Uh, when you, if you go to uh, the taxfoundation.org, you can see this chart. Uh, the following, uh, that chart shows you to uh, your income is based on people's tax filings for 2019. But if you're not filed for that year, then the filing for 2018 uh, will uh, apply. Looking at uh, uh, filers with uh, dependents, head of household with one dependent, uh, if you make 150000 or uh, more, that's going, you're going to lose it. If you got two defendants, uh, it looks like about a hundred and maybe $62,000. It doesn't give a breakdown really close. But I, I've given it to you so you know whether you're probably going to get money or you're not going to get any money. Uh, and from what I have understood, those che- checks should get out within the next uh, three weeks. So they're wanting to get that money into your hand, uh, into your hands as as fast as uh, they can, just so you know. Talking to Matt Smith right now, texting with him, uh, he's going to join us hopefully tomorrow at 835. I'm waiting for him to text me back and see if that's all right. He will be the last movie theaters to close their doors here in Arkansas. Everybody else has closed their doors. Uh, he's you know, kept it op- kept them open in case you wanted to come to the theater. Uh, but I believe uh, it's going to be at uh, Saturday that the doors will close and they'll be closed until uh, government officials say and issue the all clear to them. Uh, he just gave me the thumbs up. 8.35 tomorrow morning, Matt Smith will talk uh, to us. And we'll talk to him about, you know, how tough this is on uh, small business people. Uh, as you know, Matt owns Little, Little Rock, Hot Springs, uh, Cabot, uh, Searcy, and Batesville Theaters. And so uh, he's looking at that. And, uh, you know, he's kept his theaters open for you. So you could have some fresh popcorn and go out and watch a movie. Of course, uh, a lot of movies are not going to be making it to the big screen when they thought they would uh, because they're uh, movies that aren't big blockbusters. Uh, The big blockbusters are being pushed back now 
uh, from May and June into September, October, and those smaller films that were going to open up in May and June are being uh, told that they don't have openings for them right now. I'm beginning to see some of these motion pictures are saying that what they're going to do is uh, put them on uh, video on demand, uh, you know, video on demand or uh, uh, are going to stream them. They did a little bit of that here this last weekend uh, with The Invisible Man. Uh, they did that. And uh, and the other movie was The Hunt uh, as well uh, was done on video demand. I think if they do it more in the future, I think they're going to have to bring the price down a little bit because they're asking for you know, $20 per picture. Uh, I, I think they're going to have to kind of zero in on doing this uh, at what you normally would pay at a movie theater because, you know, I'm going to have to pop up my own popcorn here. I mean, I've got my coconut oil and everything to pop my popcorn and to butter it. And uh, I can, I've got my own sodas in the refrigerator, so I don't have to pay for that. Uh, and I'll be willing to pay to see the movie, but I'm not going to pay over twice the amount that I would have to pay if I went to the theater itself. All right, getting some more things uh, from folks into the show today. Marlene says, if I recall history, this type of thought process is what prevailed at the end of World War One. and was instrumental in ushering in World War Two. Um, so I'm looking at that, and I'm, I'm not as sure exactly what she's uh, talking about. Let me go and check that out when I come back. I'll make uh, some statements about that. So, again, tomorrow Robert Steinbach will be on at 7 o'clock until 9. Uh, he'll also join us along with Matt Smith at 8.30. Matt will be talking about the uh, VIP cinemas in Little Rock, Hot Springs, Cabot, as well as in uh, Searcy and up in Batesville, what's going to happen uh, there. Uh, and evidently they are going to shut their doors on Saturday until this coronavirus thing uh, plays itself out. 16 minutes after 8 on uh, the Dave Ellswick Show. It's a Thursday. we got some more still for you, a lot of things to talk about here. So uh, stay tuned. That's coming up. 84 for a high day under partly sunny skies. Uh, looking at our temperatures right now, let me get you the uh, the temperatures as uh, they are happening right now. Little Rock is at 52 degrees now. Hot Springs, 54. Uh, Cabot is at 53. Pine Bluff is 57. Conway at 53. And Fayetteville now is 66 degrees. Dave Ellswick Show, 101.1 FM, The Answer. All right, back with you here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Real quickly, uh, Marlene had uh, said, if I recall history, this type of thought process is what was prevalent at the end of World War I. Uh, of course, talking about uh, the rest of the world uh, striking out against Germany and was instrumental in ushering in World War II. Well, you're talking about the Treaty of Versailles. That's, that's totally different. Uh, than uh, these countries that are now saying they want to bring a, a lawsuit against uh, 
China for giving wrong information. Uh, Timothy Mosley says, amen to that. Take trillions away from their government and economy and start making uh, products here. Uh, Freaking wake up, America. Wake up. Well, I I don't know of anything like that. I guess that would have to go to the court, the Hague, uh, to to be uh, litigated. Uh, But uh, I don't think we'll ever see any money from China, to be honest with you. Uh, As far as what should be done uh, with China, I think, like what Tom Cotton has been talking about, that's what we we need to do uh, is, uh, you know, come back and start making more products here in the United States. So Get Around Jim joins us by the phone. Get Around Jim, how are you today? Hey, buddy. I hope I'm doing a little bit better than you. I guess, I guess they've taken that other pick line out, have they? It's coming out today. Thank goodness. Oh, I can't well, wait. Out, out, outstanding, man. You've been through it, buddy. I'll tell you. Uh, but uh, before I start, uh, just want to give everybody a heads up. Uh, the conditions out here between uh, the end of East, the west end of Benton and uh, Haskell and on that Mark Malvern, it's pretty pea soupy out here, foggy and uh, what have you. So y'all just be careful, drive accordingly, coming in. Okay. Uh, but uh, other than that, uh, I'm just kind of curious as this stimulus thing. You know, they're talking about pumping these two trillion dollars into the economy and what have you. Uh, but they're, I mean. Are you just going to the unemployment office to employ like me? I'm a, I'm considered an essential in my endeavors for a living, but uh, they got you on a rotating kind of deal where, uh, like, I'm on my way home after doing one, you know, a couple of things that I did today. I'm done. I'm done for the day. Uh, so, you know, I just don't know how that's going to work. Uh, are they just going to automatically just pump some money into your account? Yep. I've, I've, already, I've already filed my income tax. So. Yeah, they'll, they'll still, I'm just telling you right now, here's what happened, Jim. Uh, here within about three weeks, uh, are you married, filing jointly? Yes, sir. Do you have any children? Uh, four-legged children. Yeah, okay. You don't have any human children. That's too bad. But the bottom line is, you know, you're you and if you made under a hundred and fifty thousand uh, dollars that you put on your taxes, gross income, you're going to get twenty four hundred dollars in your bank account. Wow. That'll That's, make that'll 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 cushion this rotating shift thing a little bit. Yep, there you go. By the by, the way, you're a trucker. Let me ask you this question. I've been reading more and more uh, articles about how tough it has been uh, uh, for truckers, and that you know a lot of uh, truck stops are closed down and and all kinds of things. What's your how's your view of that? Well, I don't get out of Arkansas, so I'm not dealing with the the issues that the road drivers are running into. Uh, for the most part, the major truck stops around here are open. Uh, some of the fuel centers, you know, they're all open. Uh, 
just be mindful that if you've got a beaded cup or whatever that you, you know, one of the refillable cups uh, from the from the uh, venue, they're not allowing you to refill the cups anymore. You have to get a, you know, have to get a new cup, a clean cup. Uh, they would prefer that you wash your hands when you go in the store and all that kind of stuff before Good. you go over to the to the to the uh, rotisserie where they have the hot dogs and all that kind of stuff. Uh, they, you know, they're not gonna just stop you at the door, and make you go straight into the restroom. But you know, have some adult sensibilities and go to the restroom, wash your hands, clean them up, have that, then go, you know, about your business in the store. But uh, like I said. I haven't run across anybody that's just arbitrarily closed. They're almost all of them are open, and I'm, you know, getting fuel every couple of days that I when I need fuel for my truck. And I haven't had any haven't had any trouble. All right. Well, get around, Jim. Thank you for the job you're doing, getting uh, products to the market. We appreciate you for that. And to all the truck drivers listening, I want to say thank you to them as well. We'll talk to you a little ways down the road. Thank you, Jim. Appreciate your call. Yeah, appreciate you, Dave. Bless you that uh, you're getting the pig line out, buddy. Yeah, I can't wait. Be honest with you. We've been praying. Well, I appreciate you've been praying for me. Thank you so much. Unlike most Democrats, I do appreciate all the prayers that are offered my way. All right. I understand Robert Steinbach has joined us uh, by phone as well. Hey, Robert, how are you today? I'm doing well, my friend. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm getting my pick line out today, so that's good. I'm not going to be not going to be tethered down by that uh, uh, you know pump anymore. Hopefully uh, next Tuesday when I see the wound doctor about my foot, uh, they're going to let me start driving again. I know the missus would be happy for that. She wouldn't have to get up at at 3 o'clock in the morning. Of course, she hasn't been having to do that here recently since I'm uh, doing my social distancing correctly uh, with all of this. So uh, I can go... Yeah, Dave. Of course, you are you are still doing a form of driving that is driving her crazy in the meantime. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm I'm getting harder to live with by the day. I know that for a fact. I'm this uh-huh. whole social distancing is, uh, as far as I'm concerned, it's not fun. But she doesn't. She makes it bad because I don't get to get in the car and go anywhere. I I'm now. I will say, last night she let me ride to the uh, Dairy Queen. And I got to get a chocolate milkshake, so that was uh, that was well worth uh, the ride. But I got since uh, we started Monday or last Friday, in fact, I've been out of the house uh, in the car for about 20 minutes. The rest of the time, I have been in these I want to say four walls, but it's all sectioned off. So anyway, all these walls that we have in the household, and uh, I probably have watched most of the movies on Netflix that I want to watch at this time. Well, I've been going through my Netflix uh, pretty quickly. They better get some more content because I'm rewatching shows that I used to watch, that I previously watched years ago. Yeah, I finished up yesterday Altered Carbon, which I think is a very good show on Netflix. Uh, if you haven't seen it, it's a Netflix or an Amazon. It's on one of them. Uh, you, you know, watch it. It's a great show. You know, if you haven't seen it, make sure you watch the first season or you'll not understand what's going on in the second season at all. You'll be totally lost. But it's a great sci-fi series. Just as uh, Westworld, they both deal with 
uh, artificial intelligence and what does the future hold uh, for the average person. We're down to about 45 seconds. Uh, When we come back, let's you and I uh, uh, talk a little bit about the uh, Senate uh, rescue bill that passed at 96 votes for, zero votes against. We'll talk about that. Those other four votes, those are from senators who are social distancing themselves because they're positive for coronavirus. So we'll talk about that. And does that put pressure on the Speaker of the House to, uh, of course, uh, make, uh, get her, uh, you know, uh, caucus in line and ready to uh, okay that we'll talk all about that when we come back Uh, we've got sean hannity coming up he's got his thoughts for you today then uh, we'll make some money and then i'll be back to tell you more of what's going on here on 1011 all right last segment today on this thursday and robert steinbach who will be with us tomorrow as well starting at seven o'clock uh, it's, it's kind of be a rehash of uh, what we talked about in the six o'clock hour with J.R. Davis, because we want to go back and look at the real big story uh, of today, which is that the Republicans got through their relief package. Now it's up to the Democrats. Uh, Nancy Pelosi was on CNN Uh, earlier this morning and told House Democrats that it's important to recognize the good in the $2 trillion uh, recovery package on which the White House and Senate leaders struck a deal early Wednesday morning. We're talking, uh, you know, $2 trillion. We're talking a 96 to 0 vote, unanimous. It's what it was. And if there was any Democrat thinking about throwing a wrench into this, uh, they would have to be talking about ending their political career. Uh, The legislation aimed at providing a jolt to an economy struggling due to the uh, coronavirus pandemic would be the largest emergency aid package in U.S. history if it passes the House. An exact time for the Senate vote has not yet been scheduled, although it has happened. And uh, it has uh, passed. And it's not yet clear when the House will vote to approve the measure. We're hearing that it would be sometime uh, after uh, 1 o'clock. Quote, what is important is for us to recognize the good that is in the bill, appreciate it for what it does. Don't judge it for what it doesn't because we have more bills to come, said uh, California, the California Democrat Pelosi, Speaker of the House, told CNN's Wolf Blitzer. Now, let me, let me read that to you again. Don't judge it for what it doesn't cover right now, basically, because we have more bills to come. That's the first time I've heard that, Robert. I wonder how many of these relief bills the Democrats and even the Republicans are thinking they're going to have to pass. Well, it's of course, when Nancy says there's more to come, it's because it's about growing big government, more money, more money, more money, because, you know, Dave, money grows on trees. So it's the Congress's job to just pick those trees and distribute the fruit. Isn't that the case? A little That's bit of sarcasm exactly right. for you. Sure. And of course, you, you saw that in the bill, they're giving, I think it's $50 million to the Kennedy Art Center in Washington, D.C. Yeah, they dropped that. It, I'll let you know that the president uh, did the art of the deal on the Democrats on that. It will only be $25 million. 
Oh, is that all, Dave? Just twenty-five That's all. million dollars. Just twenty-five million. Right to the elitist uh, art center. That is the archetype of what you see in or have seen in communist countries, where there was the the ballet center for the top Politburo folks in the Soviet Union to go see the ballet. And of course, everybody's money went in to pay for that. I've got no problem, of course, with arts. I've got no problem with ballet. But these are expenditures that are not essential, needless to say. There are many other examples of non-essential, and the arts sometimes gets picked on, but with some merit, mind you, collectively. That is, why are we spending $25 million during this economic crisis, as well as health crisis, to prop up the arts? And they'll give you some sob story about the guy who pushes the broom at the art center, and I'm sympathetic to that guy, but you don't need to give $25 million for 20000 of it to go to the guy that's pushing the broom. Just give the $20,000 to the guy who's pushing the broom and stop funneling the money of hardworking Americans, including, of course, hardworking Arkansans, into the pockets of the elitists living in the D.C. area. Yeah, I, I would agree with that uh, wholeheartedly. Uh, it's It's really... Uh, disconcerting to see that the Democrats have decided to use any of these bills, these relief bills, as Christmas trees to load them up with their special programs. Evidently, the president uh, gave some gave in to on on some of this stuff, but on the things that he gave in on, he made it very clear that they had to give something in return. He uh, he played art of the deal with them, evidently. That's great. Well, and let's be clear, uh, Dave. I am not confident that there isn't some bad behavior going on by the Republicans as well. I want to be sure, and I'm not at this moment, am sure, whether the giveaways that they gave to industries such as the airline industry, which you and I have talked about on your show earlier this week, uh, as well as previously, that the airline industry must be obligated first to pay back, meaning it's not a grant, it's a loan. And the thing about the airline industry, as you well know, is historically all they do is lobby state legislatures and the U.S. Congress for special deals. So it's not a competitive environment. It's an oligopoly where only a few uh, can enter such an expensive industry due to the cost of uh, entry, the barriers to entry, and then they get special deals from state and federal legislators and legislatures. So I am not at all convinced that this is a competitive environment, and if they're not living in a competitive environment, they better pay back a the loans and b uh be more responsive to the consumer because we don't have a truly competitive environment in which competition can force the responsiveness yeah i don't disagree with you evidently sure. uh republicans have talked about this because uh the democrats were making it sound like the money that was going to corporations and that would be the airline industry you know cruise lines and and others that right. it wasn't there wasn't going to be a lot of oversight uh they have they had in the bill from the very beginning oversight like they had during the tarp program 
that the government used back in uh, 2008. And, uh, you know, to get any kind of, of uh, you know, bill signed or uh, a, a company wanted X amount of dollars and they had to sign on the dotted line about it and whatever, uh, they opened themselves up to, uh, you know, real scrutiny from congressional members. And I agree with that. It There has to be some really strong oversight so that we're just not fiddling this money away. That's exactly right. We have to be concerned. I guarantee you that there are a number of giveaways in this bill because, unfortunately, it's impossible to pass a bill without giveaways to the left and the right. And to some extent, we just need to accept that as a part of doing business in government, at least for these days. I would hope that in the future we can change that. But during this emergency, obviously, it's a little late to try to upend the system that basically operates today, but we need to focus our attention continually, because as we've always discussed on your show, government that operates in the darkness is government for special interests of the Mm -hmm. left and the right. This is not this is not restricted to one side or the other because they rationally understand that people are handing out your money, Dave, and my money and your listeners money. And if nobody's watching, that means you, me and everybody else, they will do it willy nilly. Yeah, I agree with that uh, exactly. And the only way you can ever get to the point where you don't have to strike a compromise. And, you know, compromise usually leaves a bad taste in my mouth because it normally means that you got to put up with some measure of crap and maybe a good bill just to get it passed because you got to scratch everybody's back uh, to get uh, the votes necessary to pass it. Uh, you know, unless you can get, let's say, uh, a super majority in the House, the Senate, and have the White House, like Obama did at the very beginning of his uh, term with the with the Democrats, uh, they got to make those kinds of uh, deals, or nothing gets done. That's absolutely true, uh, and that's something that, like I said, we need to live with at least for the meantime. But yeah. the related problem is that both sides uh, are looking for sort of giveaways to their buddies, their donors, uh, not for the general welfare of the public. And we need to keep that limited and hopefully in the long run eliminate that possibility. I don't think that's practicable at this moment, but I think that needs to be our continued vigilant effort as we move forward. Okay, so did you have a heavy breakfast yet or did you just eat light? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to try not to throw up in my mouth a little bit. Yeah, that's coming up. because I'm getting ready to play Chuck Schumer for you, the minority leader. He was doing an interview uh, late or early this morning uh, dealing with the, uh, the rescue package. And I want you, I'm going to let you listen to what he's saying. I'm, Heidi, be listening. I'm going to cut it off after we, we get through the, the, the hypocrisy at the very beginning. But listen to what Chuck Schumer had the audacity to say this morning. Overnight, after five days of negotiations, Senate Democrats, Senate Republicans, the White House have an agreement on a huge $2 trillion 
rescue package, which is really the longest, largest spending bill in U.S. history. Joining me now is Senate Minority Leader Chuck Schumer of New York. I know it was a late night or early morning for you, Senator Schumer. I also know that we're at a disadvantage. We don't know exactly what's in this bill. You do. So politics aside, what people want to know this morning, people who may be out of work, staying at home right now, not getting paid, what's in it for them? Your answer. Well, thank you. Just first, I want to give a thank you, a deep, heartfelt thank you to all the health care workers, doctors, nurses, everyone else who are on the front lines risking their lives for us. And to my staff, led by Jerry, uh, uh, Jerry Petrella and Megan Tyra, this, this bill wouldn't have happened. To the American people, we say big help, quick help is on the way because we face about the most unprecedented health crisis we have. Uh, the five pillars that we fought for to make the bill better, much better than the bill Friday, are all in the bill, and let me quickly explain them. First and foremost, a Marshall Plan for hospitals and health care, uh, nursing homes, community health centers, etc. These places desperately need help. They need ventilators. They need equipment. They need PPE all kinds of things. They need to build new beds. They have so much strain. There's $130 billion in for health care in our health care system to be injected right away to help with the shortage of ventilators, equipment, and other things, as well as what else they need. Second, this is worker-friendly, workers first. We didn't want to put corporations first. We thought the original bill did that too much. This is workers first, and let me explain that. So many people have been thrown out of work um, through no fault of their own. The restaurant closes, the small business closes. Now all of those people will be able to apply quickly and easily for unemployment insurance, and most of them will get their full salaries or very, very close to it. And they can be furloughed, which means uh, that they can stay on the payroll of the company they work for, keep the benefits that that company was giving them, and then, when God God willing, this horrible crisis is over, these businesses can reassemble because the employees will not have been scattered to the wind. Third, real help for state and local governments, $150 billion worth. Our state and local governments are hurting. Many of them are going broke. They need the help. Fourth, some real oversight and accountability, transparency of this large corporate corporate, uh, lending facility. And the bottom line there is that we will know very shortly after any contract with the Fed or with the Treasury is signed with a company, any loan is made, we will have the full details of the loan document. It will be published very, very shortly afterwards. Congress will get it. The public will get it. And and we have strong oversight. Elizabeth Warren helped me d- design those so that we have an inspector, a special inspector general to look over this as well as a congressional board. Fourth, uh, help for small business. Small businesses have been desperate for help. I know the anguish of small business people who spent years, years building up their business and boom, gone. They're going to get uh, very uh, interest-free loans. They're going to have their their employees paid for by the Small Business Administration so they can keep them. So those that's what's in the bill. And okay. it is a good enough. bill. Is it, does it have that's everything enough. we need? That's enough. We don't need to hear any more. Does it have everything? Oh, no. We, we wanted to put in more. Let me just say, Robert, everything he just yeah. said, what he said, big help, quick help, it could have been quicker. Because this was the exact things that everybody had already agreed to on Monday. It was only when Pelosi got involved that she threw a wrench into all of it. Because uh, if you haven't read Pelosi's 
own personal bill that she put forth that was about 1,200 pages long. There was just enormous amounts of cash poured into all of the Democrats' favorite programs. It was incredible. Now we've gotten back to what it was. I don't know how much extra money uh, was included in it. Maybe about $200 billion is what I'm kind of ascertaining right now. But the bottom line was uh, the president just told the Democrats, look, if you don't get this uh, passed, uh, we'll beat you to death with it. Yeah, well, look, Dave, there's no doubt, as we've just been discussing, that there were a whole bunch of pork barrel pieces put into the legislation early on. Uh, I think, frankly, uh, by both sides, I'm not saying both sides are equally guilty because I don't know the details and I don't like when uh, we sort of throw blame around without figuring out the actual details. I'm confident that both sides, left and right, we're putting in pork barrel. I can't say who did it more. As a conservative, I suspect my knee-jerk reaction would be to suggest that the Democrats did it more than the Republicans, and that might turn out to be true. But the fact is, we've got a problem in how we legislate, and we've got an even bigger problem in how we legislate in emergency, and that is that pork barrel works its way in when we have $25 million, and that's the reduced amount that you just uh, taught me about, uh, going to the Kennedy Center for uh, Coastal Elite, Elites during an emergency bill, you know that there's a problem. Now, is yeah. that problem bigger than the solution? No, no. But it's something that we need to be vigilant on. Yeah, well, let me, let me before we go to our final break, tell you this. Uh, Elizabeth sharing with me information she's pulled down. Apparently, uh, the Democrats were negotiating for credit. In other words, how much credit would the GOP give the Democrats for passing this bill? That's just disgusting. Yeah. Yeah, well, I've never seen the Democrats not able to take credit uh, on their own for things that they may or may not have been involved in. So I don't know why they need the Republicans to give them any credit. I'm, I'm with you. All right. Stay where you're at. we got one more segment. We'll talk some more when we come back. It's uh, 52 degrees in Little Rock going for a high of 84. 101.1 FM, the answer. All right, uh, so let's talk a little bit. We're talking about padding up this bill. $25 million in funding for the John F. Kennedy Center for the Performing Arts, as well as $75 million for the National Endowment for the Arts, $75 million for the National Endowment for the Humanities. From what I understand, uh, they were asking for $75 million for the Kennedy Center, 150 and 150 for performing arts uh, uh, there as far or the endowment of the arts and endowment for the humanities uh, j- just and and Pelosi had the audacity to say that when she put her bill up everything in her bill uh, had to do with covid-19 i mean this woman and and i had Corey Lewandowski on earlier today robert i don't know if you heard him but he made the statement because the media does not hold her responsible for what she says and calls her out for the absolutely fictitious lies that she uh, per- uh, perpetuates on the, on the air that uh, she says this stuff without you know with impunity 
That's absolutely right. It's, it's been a double standard since Donald Trump got elected, in fact. And look, Dave, I thought the, the phrase was starving artists. Why are they trying to undo what it's supposed to be? That's a joke. So you can write your letters directly to Dave. Don't send them to me. Uh, but nonetheless, it has nothing to do with what's going on here. And, uh, I, you know, you see these commercials from time to time when they're looking for money. Uh, these organizations are, are looking for money from the government that, well, a society without art is a, is a dead society. Listen, I, I've come, I come from a family with some very renowned artists in them, and of course I love art. But it doesn't mean that you, I, and your listeners need to pay for someone else to create the art. It is a luxury, and luxuries are things that need to be funded by people with extra money. There are That's plenty right. of rich folks that can pay for art. And the marketplace, I dare say, will determine what is, quote, needed when it comes to art. All right. Well, Robert, I'm going to let you go until tomorrow. Yes, we'll get together at 7 o'clock. Um, I'm going to finish up. Jim, uh, Gene uh, McVeigh was on my Facebook page this morning, and he said, you know, we're lucky that Pelosi and Schumer were not around on December 7th, 1941. And I have to agree with that wholeheartedly. Robert, have a great day. Talk to you tomorrow. To you my too. listeners. Yep. To my listeners, have a great day today. Tomorrow, Robert will be with us starting at 7. Uh, we're also going to hear from Matt Smith about closing movie theaters. He'll tell us all about that when we continue the Dave Ellswick Show starting at 6 a.m. tomorrow, right here at 101.1 FM, The Answer. <laughs> <laughs> 